The following interview about speech therapy was conducted with Ifdal Nuruddin, a speech therapist from Explore My Voice Speech Therapy. Speech therapy is a service that deals with several disorders, anything from helping with the articulation of words to expression through language and understanding to something called dysphagia, which we will go into during the interview. Some things we will hear about include some of the patients that may be in need of speech therapy, the diversity in ages of those in need of speech therapy, as well as the methods used by the speech therapist among these age groups. Now, let us hear what Ifdal has to say. So the first question I have for you is what is speech therapy and what does a speech therapist do? So speech therapists look at quite a few sectors. We'll look at articulation, which is how well one pronounces certain words in a certain way. We look at language skills, which is we look at receptive and expressive skills. Receptive is one's understanding of language. Expressive is how they use language in certain ways, so through sentences and so forth. We look at something called dysphagia, which is swallowing as well. Um, we look at stuttering and we look at voice disorders as well. طيب افضل كنت عم تقولي هلا من شوي انه سوالوين يعني هيدي لقيتها الكلمه غريبه شوي نحن بنعرف انه تعرقل الكلام التأتأة ما بيعرف يعبر بس قصه سوالوين هيدي شوي غريبه علينا ففيك تخبرينا شوي عنها واذا بيتم العلاج فيها وكيف بتكون طريقه العلاج هلا بناحيه البلع اذا الواحد عنده فور اكزامبل جلطه The brain itself has certain sectors. Mm. If the jalta hit a certain spot, it will affect their swallowing. Yani, the muscles become weaker. You can also the jalta can you're thinking one side of the muscle within mm. the throat, the vocal folds, we call it, is weaker. Mm-hmm. Generally, when you swallow, the vocal folds kind of press together. Uh-huh. So if one's weaker, it's not going صح. to press. صحيح. يعني when they're, they're going to swallow, there's going to be a hole in between both. Mm. يمكن يتشردقوا. يتشردقوا صح. فنحن شو بنعمل؟ First we assess the swallow mm-hmm. and نعرف إنه بأي مرحلة إنه هي درجات صح. قوية. بتكون يمكن بأول مرحلة which is when they're chewing. Mm. يمكن for example إذا واحد عنده دمنشا. Mm. When they're chewing for a long time, يتعبوا. فبس ليبلعوا ما يلاحظوا عم يبلعوا لأنه البلع is actually a coordination issue. سبحان الله. If you realize when you swallow, you're not breathing. Try it. You don't breathe. So it's a coordination between breathing and swallowing. Because what happens with your throat is that you've got something called the epiglottis. It's like just a muscle. But سكر الهواء. لتفتح وتنزل على الأكل المجرى على نعم. yeah exactly oh, on the esophagus wow. so that's why it closes فبس لو واحد يتشردق بيحس إنه نازل المي towards his lungs نعم. then it's because it's not going down the right way mm-hmm. which is why we have pneumonia which is what we look at that's why we look at swallowing مشان mm-hmm. ما يوصل لدرجة pneumonia pneumonia mm-hmm. معناتها إنه المي معبى بصدره بالريات صح mm-hmm. هيدا هو wow. so We sometimes strengthen muscles through certain exercises. Oh, wow. Sometimes, like I said, the vocal folds are not closing together. Mm. And they can be affected by the voice. No. Because when you're putting Athead it together, that's صح. right. Like, نفس mm. الم, نفس المجره, نفس that's right. Mm. The same thing with voice therapy. Mm. For someone who has 
difficulty with swallowing most likely has difficulty with voice mm. as well mm. um, اذا واحد كمان عنده بحه اه هيدا okay. ليش البحه لانه ما عم تسكر مع بعض Wow. Yeah, so it doesn't produce a clear voice. Interesting. And um, people who have voice disorders are mostly teachers. Mm. Why? Because they project their voice like very loudly. Mm. Lawyers mm. and singers. Mm. You know how when one's singing, they warm up their voice. Yes. Those warm-ups is actually what we use for voice therapy. Oh. Yeah. I had a question. I yes. just wanted to ask because you mentioned previously that if a person has problems swallowing, it could lead to choking. Yeah. I wanted to ask, how do you safely assess someone swallowing? So we assess different textures and different levels of liquids. So a thin liquid would just be standard water. So if a person, um, we might give them like a sip or two and they are clearing their throat or they cough. Mm. or they have um, increase in like breathing. Those are all signs of aspiration, which means like it's going down the wrong way. Um, and then we move up to the next level. We thicken it a little bit. Mm. And then we see, are the signs still there? In terms of eating, mm-hmm. we look at different textures. So first we start off with something that's dry, like a biscuit. Mm. How well they chew it. Does it take them a long mm. time to chew? And if they do chew, how much is left in their mouth? So if there's a lot, like a client with dementia, he's going to chew, 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 chew. He's going to get so tired that he's going to swallow a little bit, but there's going to be a lot in his mouth. There's a lot of residue. Mm. If that's too difficult, then we move something that's a bit softer, which is called like a soft bite-sized. So it has to be nice and small um, and easy to chew. And again, we look at the same signs. Same with fluids and eating as well. We look at the same signs. Are they choking? Are they clearing their throat? Sometimes, actually, I might come across clients who they don't um, clear their throat right away. Mm. But if you're having a conversation with them, you can tell that they sound a bit gurgly, mm. which means what? That it's still stuck in their throat. Wow. So we ask them, cough it out, like cough. When they cough it, their voice becomes clear. Mm. So there's certain signs that we look out for when we're assessing swallowing itself. It's amazing how some of these things we just do out of habit, whereas some people need to be taught or reminded. Yeah, that's right. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. So you were telling us a little bit about some of the patients that you have that have dementia and stroke. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the patients that you see? I also work with kids and adults that have autism. So I help them with like social skills because it it's not something that comes natural to them. They actually have to be taught how to initiate conversation how to if there's a conflict like through going through conflict resolution as well that's something that we work on or if we come across um, clients who are level three autism which means that they're non-verbal um, we might introduce something called an augmented and alternative communication AAC where there's certain applications that actually speak on their behalf so we teach them how to use it with like we start off with like single words we move on to like phrases Um, and so forth, just allowing them to express themselves and their needs as well. So with patients with autism, it's more about teaching them how to interact with others. Yes, and not only just the social aspect, but also allowing them to express themselves. Mm. Um, Yes, for example, we use AAC to initiate conversations, but it also is used to for simply asking mum, I want water, just Mm. expressing their needs and their wants. Yes. Or if they're sick, 
or mum, I feel sick. Um, just literally, just a way to express themselves and their needs. Um, if they're unable to talk and express themselves through words, then there's a device that does it on their behalf. Mm-hmm. I also work with kids and adults who may have had a stroke mm-hmm. or a brain injury. So as we know, the brain has certain aspects, as I mentioned before, that um, target certain things. So if the um, brain injury or the stroke hits language, then I'd work mm. on language. If it affected speech, then I'd work on speech. If it affected memory, then I might work on memory as well. Mm. Um, similar with intellectual disability and ADHD as well. That's interesting. So you mentioned kids and adults, but how old is your youngest client? So my youngest client is actually a year and 10 months of age. So the parent came to me because he doesn't have a single word. He's almost two and nothing's come up yet. So the mum realised she compared him to her friend's son, who's almost two. He's saying three word sentences. Mm. Um, so she realised something's a bit off. Yes. So she came in for an assessment. I got an assessment done and he came out to be quite delayed. So does something like that signal being on the spectrum or being nonverbal? No, not necessarily. He could just have a delay. So sometimes I come across a client who may not speak at two or three years of age, but then suddenly he starts speaking Mm. at four years of age. Um, Yeah, so not necessarily, no. ما بيروحوا على المدرسة لهيدي الأسباب يعني بتلاقي الولد ما بيحكي ولا كلمة بي بيحط إيده على أمه ومشان تنتبه له فوبيأشر له على الغرض هل هيدا من أنواع الأوتيزم يعني ولا هل هيدا يمكن يكون level three بس عادة إذا حدا إجا لعندي بهالحالة I would refer them to a pediatrician which looks at all of those behaviors looks at their behaviours, look at their communication skills, mm. and then they would actually give the diagnosis if he were to have one. Okay. طب بدي أسألك كمان سؤال بالنسبة للأوتيزم. يعني هلأ شوي بعدنا عن السبيتش. بس عادة لما بشخصوا أنتم مش المركز تاعكم مش للتشخيص. لتعليم الأولاد أو الأشخاص الحكي والتعبير عن الأشياء yep. ولكن لما بدون يشخصوا هيدا المريض أحيانا قد يكون عنده سمعه ضعيف مثلا أو ما بيسمع بالمرة فهل بيخطئوا أحيانا ولا بيقولوا له بالأول عندك برسيجة بدك تعمله بتعمل فحص للسمع بتعمل عدة فحوصات ليوصلوا للتشخيص المناسب هل بيصير هيدا الأمر قبل تشخيصه that's a very good point because as soon as someone comes in for an assessment, assessments. how do we expect them to produce clear speech? Um, for that's the first thing that we assess. assessments, واحد إجا لعندي حنكو شوي بيختلف أيوة. We have something called an overbite يعني بيكون الفك من فوق لقدام واللي من تحت راجع لورا هيدا كمان بيأثر على الحكي In terms of speech we can only do so much because it's a structural thing they have to go and get 
they have to go um, and get a surgery done. يعني لقدام واحد لورا حيعرق بالكلام يعني, يعني فكري فيها هذا الشيء بيجي ناتشرال احيانا من الولاده وفي اسباب كثيره بتسبب هيدا انه يقدم الحنك لقدام و ف يعني كمان هيدي بتعرق بال... بالحكي ولا باللفظ؟ اثنين أه، اثنين اكثريته باللفظ مم. يعني كنت هلا عم تقولي انه في يمكن اشياء تعرق هالامور مم. يعني المصاصه از one of the things that may cause the structure of it to be a little bit different. Wow. Yeah, They're still kind of developing. Their muscles are still very soft and gentle. And he's relying on it too much, he's not going to express himself. That's his sense of comfort. Um, the structure of his mouth will actually change. Mm. He might actually have an overbite. Yes. 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 I'll take an example and why it's important. If you produce harf sin, mm. you need both of them to be together. So. If you go sin, it's not as clear. Mm. Mm. So there's certain sounds um, that you need to produce in a certain way. Mm. Um, so is a structural issue, or is a Come on, that's, they're both things that we work on. But if it's a structural issue or if it's a hearing difficulty, we say, go get your assessment done, go get your um, operation done, and then come back to us. Because there's only so much we can do. Wow. So, I don't know if there's a need for you to explain more. There are some people who من المجتمع يعني م. إذا قاعدين ناس عم يحكوا هو عنده فوبيا إنه يحكي قدام الناس هل هيدي من الأشياء اللي أنتوا كمان بتهتموا فيها؟ إيه لأنه هيدا بناحد إنه الواحد يعبر عن حاله م. if he this is called selective mutism يعني قصدي ما بيلجأ هون لألكن ولا لطبيب نفسي في كل اثنين yeah. wow. I actually have two clients that have selective mutism م-hmm. Um, she is only comfortable with speaking with people at home. بس بتروح على المدرسة بس ما بتحكي مع حدا. بس سبحان الله بس إجت لعندي she felt comfortable with me. So wow. she started speaking a little bit. Um, she started actually with she had such a severe speech difficulty. She was moderate to severe speech. Wow. I've worked with her for about a year and a half and now she's on mild. Wow, like she's come a long way, Allah. yeah. Um, but because she felt comfortable with me, mm. and it goes back to how you are as a therapist. If you are going to be so structured and so tough with kids, they're not no. going to enjoy wanting to come to you, Akid. which is why I'm a very strong believer of play-based. Mm. There's a reason to it. Akid. You want Akid. them to come back. You want them to enjoy it and they, you want them to not feel that it's actually work. So, 
مع اللعب بينسى الولد انه هو جاي لشيء معين صح. بالعكس قد يعطيكي اكثر هو وعم يلعب غير ما تكوني عم تحكي معه وورد فور وورد كمان بناحيه انه السلكتيف ميوتيزم اللي كنا عم نحكي فيها um, في عندي واحد uh, طبق السنتين من ضمن الكورونا فما كان فيها الاخذ وعطاء بين الناس بس اهلاته فبس اجى لعندي بعد كورونا you feel that he's not comfortable with interacting with others in general فكمان العائله هي نفسها ذاتها ما كثير بيختلطوا مع الناس هذا كمان بياثر على الولد وما كان بالبري سكول ففكري فيها انه ما في there's no cousins that he's dealing with they're all in Lebanon there's no preschool And generally, he can't communicate with others because of lockdown. أكيد. فبس إجا لعندي أخذت تقريباً كذا جلسة لبس يعني يعني هلأ بعدي عم بحكي معه بالوسبرينج. آه بالوشوشة. لأنه بعد بنو comfortable enough لسمعني صوته. The other day, as soon as he left the clinic, كنا بحكي مع أمه and he, I heard his voice for the first time. I'm like, oh my God, I can hear his voice. <laughs> ف سبحان الله سلكتيف ميوتيزم it comes at different stages mm-hmm. um, it comes for different reasons um, but yeah we do we do definitely work with kids mm-hmm. who Good have job. selective mutism well you did done. mention you mentioned that it was a struggle sometimes to get some of your patients to open up such as the one that you just spoke about yep. with selective mutism do you often experience that and how do you combat it again it's just with play based mm. and I'm a strong believer of... Um, do you use that with adults as well? Yes. Can we do this? Yes, I do. Because regardless of age, I work on the, the child or the adult's interests. Mm. I have a 30-year-old who has autism. Every therapy session, she's a different costume. Oh. But what I did was I used her interests to allow her to express her emotions. Now, I don't even need to refer to the character because oh. she just comes out and says, I'm feeling this because of blah, blah, blah. Oh. <laughs> so regardless of age, it's just about going, um, understanding what the child's or the adult's interests are and just making it fun. So it doesn't really feel like it's therapy and they can enjoy themselves. And bringing it closer to them through using what they're familiar with to then teach them. Yeah. Mm. Like even as simple as the game of just blocks. Sometimes mm-hmm. I use that in therapy. How? Looking at prepositions. The block is on top. The block is next to it. Like it's really about being creative wow. as a therapist. And unfortunately, there's not many out there that go True. that extra step for their clients. Mm. Um, Mashallah. <laughs> فشي حلو كتير والتعامل مع الولاد كنتي عم تقليلي من قبل بتحبي تتعاملي مع الولاد هيدا يمكن اللي بيخليك تتشجعي إنه بما إنه بتحبي الولاد فأنتي عم تتعاملي مع الكل تقريبا بنفس التعاطف وهيدا أمر يعني بده حس عالي لحتى تعرفي كيف تتعاملي مع الأشخاص بعض الأشخاص بديروا يمكن شغلهم بطريقة مختلفة 
تماما قد ما تجيب نتيجه مثل الاطباء يعني صح. احيانا انت بترتاحي عن طبيب معين ليه لانه بتحسيه عم ياخذ ويعطي معك yep. آه بينما الاشخاص الثانيين بتلاقيهم بس بيفحصوك prescription and go yeah, yeah, هيك بيكون الامر وحقيقه هيك بتم النجاح يعني yeah. لما بكل واحد عم يعطي من قلبه ودارس هيدي الماده بامتياز فاكيد حيطلع منه شغل حلو اكيد نحن قلنا حلقات ثانيه حتكون معك وكثير انسرينا ديما ما بعرف اذا في اشياء بتحبي كمان تضيفيها من الاسئله لافضال So what's considered normal speech error and what would signal to you that someone's in need of speech therapy? So with speech therapy, when we're assessing it, just the articulation side that is, we look at the person's age and what are typical errors. So for example, a three-year-old might not be able to produce the R sound. They might actually go W instead. Mm. So like red might go to wed. That is considered typical. It's something that they will actually grow out of as they develop um, and just being more exposed to sounds and different words as well. Mm-hmm. It's only till, for example, they get to seven years, eight years of age where it's no longer age appropriate. That's when therapy um, is recommended. Okay. So on a final note, what's some general advice that you can offer our dear listeners about speech therapy and the need for speech therapy? My advice for parents in particular would be that if they feel that their child is lacking certain skills in their pronunciation or their language skills or even stutters a little bit, don't feel shy to actually just reach out and get a second opinion. I come across a lot of parents that say, no, no idea, it's normal. Their sister was the same or I was the same, the, the parent themselves. Mm. But... It's not a matter of it being normal in the family. If there's a problem, it needs to be targeted, regardless of how old you are or at what stage in your life you are. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. بصراحة كتير استمتعنا بالحلقة لليوم وبتمنى إنه المستمعين الكرام يكونوا استمتعوا كمان واستفادوا من هالمعلومات اللي فايتتنا امور كثيره يعني نحن فاتحين امور متعلقه بهيك امر بس ناتجه عن انترنت واطباء يعني بس مش بهالتوسع هيدا عن جد بدي اتشكرك جزيل الشكر واكيد يعني نحن طمعنا هلا فيك بدنا نبقى نستضيفك بحلقات قادمه ان شاء الله شكرا لك افضال بترك الكلمه لديما so much i think we all benefited so much learning about the need for speech therapy and the the diverse needs for speech therapy and the the diverse age range of people that go to speech therapy it was very interesting thank you so much and we hope to have you back again for future episodes inshallah no worries thank you very much